This is Dr. Nadine Gonzalez de Jesus, president of San Antonio College in San Antonio, Texas. Today, we are going to be speaking with Sabrina Macal-Polashek. She is a career experience team lead of the Student Enrichment Center at San Antonio College. And welcome back to Front and Center, where we talk about San Antonio College trends in higher education and the community, because we are the community. Joined here this morning with Dr. Nadine Gonzalez de Jesus. Good morning. Good morning. Buenos dias. How are you, Hud Mustard? Oh, having a ball. You're having a ball. Having I, a ball. I want to hear more I'm, about I'm, that. Yeah, I'm just I'm ready for classes to begin. I'm ready for the semester to begin. You know, I'm ready to see cars back in the parking lots. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. We've actually gotten a lot of cars and a lot of new students, first-coming college students. They've been applying this summer, all summer long. And it's really cool to see them coming by. Some of them have kids, so they're bringing their kids with them. Some of them are coming with their spouses, with their friends, their cousins, their parents. It's just so great to see the family involved in the college attendance and the selection processes. And to me, that's quite important because when we think about our community, we need to understand how our community uh, makes their decision, right? And many times it's not a one-person decision. and It requires everyone in the household to be all in about the decision that is going to be made. And in this case, is to pursue a higher education and to really put your best effort to ensure you succeed in college and in life. And with that, I am quite excited today because we have a special guest with us this morning, Hot Mustard. We have Ms. Sabrina Makal-Polashek. She is a career experience team lead of the Student Enrichment Center at San Antonio College. Good morning, Sabrina. Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad you're here. Before we go deep into the topic this morning, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about yourself and how in the world do you end up at San Antonio College? <laughs> What's well, an interesting story, but I've been in higher education for over 10 years. I started here at San Antonio College in 2016. I was originally an academic advisor for the Business and Public Service Institutes, and then about Three years ago, I took over the Transfer and Career Center, and then I established the Student Enrichment Center around two years ago. And so in the Student Enrichment Center, we offer career services and experiential learning for students. So those are just big, fancy words for saying that we help students find jobs on and off campus, and we ensure that students are seeking out professional development opportunities before they graduate so that they can be competitive post-graduation. What did you see that prompted the, the start of the Enrichment Center? I think there was a need in terms of 
developing students post-graduation. And so we want to connect what they're learning in the classroom with their curriculum with what they're doing outside of curriculum. So what are they doing in terms of extracurricular activities on campus? And then what are they doing in the community? How are they building experience? So by the time that they graduate, they not only have the competencies and the skills within their discipline, but they've also built some of those technical, some of those professional competencies that are needed to be successful in the workforce. So then that means that as a student at SAC, I can actually go to your office, which is located where exactly? So we're located in the Mooney Learning Center, room 107. In the Moody Learning Center, room 107. And so if I'm a student and I want to get some assistance and information on obtaining a job, on identifying ways in which I can put into effect the things that I'm trying to learn in class. And let's say, for example, I want to be someone in broadcasting and my major is in broadcasting and I don't have an internship. I don't have a job. I really don't have any type of experience. You're telling me that you and your team will help prepare me to get the internship and or the job opportunity that I need to put in practice what I'm learning in the classroom. Is that right? Absolutely. And we also even start prior to that for students who are coming in who are undecided in their majors. We offer one-on-one appointments with career exploration. So let's say a student may not know what career pathway they want to follow, or maybe they're deciding between one or two majors. We can offer them that assistance to sort of walk through and talk through what their options are. Once a student is secure within their career pathway or their major that they've decided, then we can have conversations with them in terms of what are these skills that they need to build and how to get there. So what are some of the opportunities that they can do on campus as well as off campus? Another component to that is we help them seek that internship, that paid internship, or that part-time or full-time job off campus so that they can start building their resume as well. Hotmaster, I don't know about you, but I remember when I was in college, I had no idea how to do an, in- an interview, a job interview. <laughs> it, it's It's terrifying. <laughs> I'll just say it. It it is terrifying. (laughs) And it's one of those things that that we teach here at the college. I always tell students all the time, well, whatever you're bad at, do more of that. Because that's the only way you're going to get better. But interviewing, getting a job interview, no one wants to go on on multiple, multiple, multiple job interviews. It's it's terrifying. And if you're going on that job, that many job interviews, you're not getting calls back. So then it it hurts you personally. Because you just get down. Then you start yeah. you start to think, wait, is it anything that I said? Is it is it something that I did during the yes. interview? <laughs> is it something that I yeah. didn't say it right? And did I come yeah. across the right way? And many times I tell the people, you know, that when they when they come back to me and they said, Hey, can you give me some feedback? Right? It's difficult because at times they did everything right. Mm-hmm. It's just that you need to also identify the right fit. Yes, absolutely. Can you talk about fit when you are applying for a job? Absolutely. So we also provide one-on-one services for students who need a resume or cover letter review and a mock interview prep or interview prep session. I think it's really important because 
students are coming in to college for the first time. They may not have experience or they may not have the social capital and the social understanding of what's needed when choosing which career pathway that they want to go into. And along with that is they're also going to be maybe first-gen professionals, right? And so we have to have those conversations with them um, along the lines of, how is this fitting in? How is this relevant? Uh, we tell students all the time in a mock interview prep, your resume is like an expensive piece of land, right? It's important what you put on your resume and it has to be relevant to the position that you're applying to. Same thing happens in an interview preparation session. You need to first ensure that you have a mission and vision alignment with the company that you're applying for and that it's connected to your interests, right? So you have to think about a lot of different components that is going to make you a good fit, not only for the position, but for the organization that you're applying for. And so it's important that when you go into a resume writing session, that you're connecting your value system to the organization and to the specific position that you're applying to. And the same thing applies to when you go into an interview is you need to ensure that you've done research on the company. It's a company that is a good fit for you. You have an understanding of what role you would play within that organization so that when you go into the interview, you're prepared. You know a little bit about the organization. You can ensure that you're the best candidate for the position. And I think that's what showcases in the uh, the interview essentially and it's tough because you may be qualified but there also has to be a vision and mission alignment with the organization yes I so agree and also it's so important at times when I interview folks I hear one of the questions is I don't know if this is the right time for me to ask this but I will ask it anyway Uh, (laughs) just just ask just ask right and then they start asking about you know how many days off uh, how much am I going to get paid and you know um, you know what are the hours and you begin to ask yourself wait a second is this person here for the job Mm -hmm. do they really want to serve our students do they understand what our mission and vision is or are they more interested into what's in it for me and I understand right because the process of going for an interview you're interviewing for the job but as you do that you also have to interview Mm -hmm. the employer to ensure they're also the right fit for your lifestyle, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I completely understand that. However, there is a process and a protocol, right? And Mm -hmm. to me, to ask those things right off the bat, the first few questions that you ask, when when you ask, do you have any questions for me? (laughs) You're hoping they're asking, so I read about your strategic plan, and I'm wondering, you know, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts about X, Y, or Z? No, the first thing is, what are the days off. How many days off in a year? Is it okay for me to work from home, you know, as many times as I like? Again, there's nothing wrong with assessing the culture of the employer. But at the end of the day, when the employer is asking you, do you have any questions for me? That is the employer's way of identifying how interested you are in the job and also in the organization that you are planning to go into 
In addition to that, the employer wants to assess whether you're the right fit. And the mm-hmm. right fit many times is identified through the types of intelligent questions that you ask as a future employee. When I used to be an academic advisor and I used to, to be in sessions with students, I think the first question that would come up was, how much money does this career pathway make, right? And I, I totally understand that question coming from a low-income background. I understand students needing to make a sustainable living wage. I totally get it. But it's the conversation we would have to talk through, right, and sort of shift the paradigm for the student to let them understand, like, Here's opportunities for you to research what the salary, what the income is going to be in this potential career pathway. But let's go a little bit deeper. Whether you're following a career pathway because you think it will make a lot of money or not, there's going to be good and bad days. The thing to realize is what job do I want to do that I'm passionate about that I would stay in regardless of the bad days, understanding that you're going to have them regardless if you're making a lot of money or not. It's always important for a student to understand that there's going to be times in a career pathway, doesn't matter how passionate that they are, they're going to have to go out of their comfort zone. And so what are they willing to go out of their comfort zone And that's where you really start to figure out, hey, I'm really passionate about this. And I know it might not make as much money as this, but this is what I love to do. And I can see myself doing it for the next 20, 30, 40 years. And when we start to break down those sort of walls for students and they come to the realization, I think it's very important for them. And then also it's about being transparent, right, with the salaries and it's about them understanding budgeting, cost of living, and working all of those components together. So I don't think it's just one answer. I think it's about looking at the various components that go into career decision making. That's quite interesting. Now, I want to switch gears a bit. There's one thing that I hear a lot about, and that is bring your authentic self to work. And authenticity is key. But at the same time, I want to make sure that we can balance how authentic, what is authenticity for you may not be the authentic self that your employer might want you to bring into the workforce. Mm -hmm. So can we talk a little bit about the type of authenticity? You know, when people say, be your authentic self at work, what are some of the things that we should be mindful about as an employee as we're coming into an organization? I think this is one of the biggest questions that we get for students, regardless if they're having their first job or their seasoned in their career experience. And I think it's important that our overall mission and values is what we bring to the table. The important thing about that is understanding what those are. You have to have deep reflection to know where your base is at, right? What are the values that are important to you? But understanding when you're going into a workforce and you're collaborating with other individuals, It's not about you um, being unauthentic, but you also have to work with diverse personalities. So you have to find the balance 
of working with diverse personalities and also being able to show who you are and what you believe in. And sometimes that means taking a back seat, right? And not always being the leader and then vice versa. Sometimes it's about you taking the lead. And that's very much what it is, is being transparent, being ethical in your decision making, ensure that you're treating everyone fairly in the way that you would want to be treated. But you can showcase your different personality. In fact, that's the beautiful thing about not only San Antonio College, but going into the workforce is that you're learning a lot about yourself, but you're also learning a lot about other people things that may push you out of your comfort zone, but that's really where the true beauty lies in collaborating with people, being able to learn different styles, right? Styles of communication, what works for you might not work for me, but also work at learning different leadership styles and really being able to think about other people and also teach them about yourself, right? They, You might be working with diverse age groups, diverse ethnic backgrounds, and that's a beautiful thing, right? I know a lot of students see it uh, scary for the first time. They may be working with groups of people that they've never went to school with or they never worked with, but they can learn so much about themselves in the way that they treat other people. And it doesn't mean that, oh, I'm being fake. I think that's the number one thing that students think is that, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm being fake, but it's not being fake. It's learning to accommodate, mm-hmm. right? Yes, that is key. That is key. That's so important when you said, but if I don't react or if I don't say what I mm-hmm. need to say, yeah. The way I'm used to saying it and exactly when I feel like saying it, then I would be fake, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what you're saying is that there is supposed to be a level of tact mm-hmm. and also emotional intelligence. Yes, absolutely. Could you talk a little bit about yes. emotional intelligence? So it's a very important for us to get a base of who we are, right? What triggers us? What are things that make us happy? I cannot sell reflection enough because when we know where our triggers lay, then we start to learn about where other people's triggers lay. I think it uh, allows us to be a little bit more sensitive in how we treat people, right? In diplomacy and tactfulness, exactly like you said, it's not what you say, but it's how you say it. When you go into a career pathway, you're sometimes going to have to deliver bad news. That just comes with the job, right? And so it's really about the care that you give when you deliver that news, right? You can be saying the same thing, but it's really in the delivery that sets you apart from maybe someone else. And so you have to always be empathetic and mindful of other people and understand that every lesson learned is not a bad thing. Lessons learned. Sometimes we're going to make mistakes. That's all of us, right? No one is perfect. But if we can just push through those mistakes and really think about what it taught us, then we can develop ourselves. It's not a bad thing, right? I think sometimes, me, myself included, we have imposter syndrome, or we think, oh my God, I make a, I made a mistake, they're going to fire me, right? Not understanding that it's a part of life, and that it's not necessarily the mistake that you made, but what did you learn as a result of that mistake? And how are you going to do better next time? It's also important that we're mindful and we keep in check of the pulse of where we're at. For example, if you're someone who 
struggles with like anxiety, it's understanding that anxiety and it's not seeing it as a weakness, but what is the strength that comes from it, right? And how do you manage that? And so there's different components of bringing yourself to work. And so you have to be mindful of really not only yourself, but think about what role you play in the organization and think about what every other person's role is in the organization and see how you all fit in together. And then also treat other people the same way that you would expect to be treated, right? And so um, I love that. Yeah, you're not going to avoid difficult conversations Absolutely. because they're difficult. <laughs> um, so, so you have to essentially think carefully, right? If you're someone who's like, I don't know what to say, it's okay. Think about it, but don't not address the subject, right? Conflict resolution is one of the most important skills that you can have. And so it all ties into emotional intelligence, I believe. Thank you so much for saying that, because at times um, it's important that that if you don't have the level of experience that you need in the workplace, many times you're not going to be used to being Mm -hmm. exposed to issues that may challenge your thinking. Right. And it may also question the way in which you're used to doing things. And that's the beauty about going to your office. Right. So students have the opportunity as they study, they can still have a job on campus as well as off campus. So I like to think of it as a way for our students to be able to practice, to practice before they get their credential from SAC, right? Yes. As you're going out into the workplace, whether it is off campus, on campus, or whatnot, the most important thing is what are you learning in the process? What are some of the aspects that you yourself believe you need to grow into? And then as you're doing that, what are some of the things that you can then share with others so that those that are coming after you, you can share the lessons learned? So I would love for you to tell us a bit about what are some of the lessons learned that our students have shared with you after their very first job, whether on campus or off campus? If anything, the one thing that they would like to share with other students is to start early. Start from your first semester on to start building not only your experience, but your social capital, right? So they wish they would have gotten to know their professors a little bit better. They wish they would have spoken to their classmates a little bit more. Because remember, the professors are professionals in the career pathway that they want to go into. The students in their classroom are going to be their peers and their colleagues in the future. So that's number one key. Students coming in right after they're getting their first job on or off campus also tell me that it's important to understand their communication style and to learn how to incorporate different communication styles, right? And so with being maybe a first-generation college student or a first-generation professional, this is the way I communicate in thinking that that's the way that everyone communicates, not understanding that we all have different styles of communication and had different preferences of communication, right? Different methods. And so they wish they would have learned, partaken in their classroom discussions a little bit more and learn how to communicate 
more. And so that's the number one key, but also write down things that they're doing, right? Because it's sometimes we go through the motions and we're not really reflecting or thinking about, hey, I just made this big achievement at work. Let me write it down. That's right. So that, you know, I can put it on my resume letter. Yes. And so you don't know how many times students come to us by the time that they're getting ready to graduate and they're like, I know I did so much. I just <laughs> forgot to put it all down. <laughs> you got to write it down. And you got to so write it down. They wish they would have done that starting their first semester. Document every single thing that you're doing so that when you are building your resume, it's a strong, solid resume. Mm-hmm. Or when you go into an interview, right, you're able to connect what competencies or skills you're learning. But more mm-hmm. so than that, it's about advocating for themselves in the workforce, right? It's about showing up and ensuring that you're taking initiative, right? I know it's scary. I know we're, we, we've all been there. It's scary to sometimes take the lead or to take the initiative. But I, I, I speak to employers all all the time and that's the number one thing to be competitive is that they can train students or they can train graduates in the specific skill in terms of like the tasks of the job but they they really value someone who can take the initiative and be flexible oh initiative i I like that yeah (laughs) if you see something on the floor pick it up (laughs) and i go well it's not mine I I know it's not yours, but we're all in this radio station together. Mm -hmm. Let's all take care of it because it's ours. And it's that type of teamwork that I think you need in the workplace. Are you hearing from employers about outside classroom activities? Are we hearing anything from that as far as employers go? Are they looking for those volunteer hours being banked? Are they looking for the involvement in the campus? Mm -hmm. I think it's more so is what are they learning from the different experiences that they have? So regardless if you're a member of SGA or Phi Theta Kappa or an SLS, it's more so what are you learning? What are you doing um, what are you as doing a member, with it? yeah. What are you doing as a member? <laughs> what are what are the skills that you're learning? Right? Maybe you're working with diverse groups of people, which is important in the workforce. Maybe you've taken on a leadership role. My office is extremely committed to the opportunities that we provide for, uh, that they that they're paid. Right. And so, for example, the federal work study program is an on campus paid position. It's part time. Students can work up to 19 hours a week and they get paid starting in September 1533 an hour. And so it's I know I know they just got a 96 cent increase from last year. So we're it's amazing. But also when we're um, referring students to internships, we're referring them to paid internships because I understand my team understands that. Some students cannot afford to take on an unpaid opportunity. I love that. I I remember when I was a student in college, I wanted to take part in an internship and I couldn't because every single one of them, they wanted me to do the job, which it, it was fine. I wanted the experience but it was completely free we, we, for we, the employer. We have bills to pay. We have to yes. eat, you know? <laughs> we have car insurance, car payments. Absolutely. Yes. I 
needed money so that I could actually get to the internship site, <laughs> yes, <laughs> transportation, no. right? I and know. and I didn't get, I didn't have anything. And as a student in college, I mean, you, I mean, come on, let's be honest, yeah. you don't make a lot of money, you don't have any money, right? I mean, I mean so, you're talking fifteen something an hour. Hey, that's pretty <laughs> as good. A, as, a, as a student temp worker, I, I remember we get we had a two percent <laughs> raise, and that bumped us up to eight dollars. Yeah. All the days of $5.25 an hour. They're gone. Long, long time ago. Well, that's the beautiful thing. The work-study position does not only pay well, right? But it's also an opportunity for students to work on campus. So you can go straight from class to work or vice versa. You don't have to travel anywhere else. So it saves you time on money and gas. You're working in a department on campus, and the people who hire you know that you're a student, so they're very flexible. You're able to build your work schedule around your school schedule because the number one key to us is that you graduate, right? So we're not trying to distract you from graduation. Along with this, while working on campus, you can potentially get a reference or a letter of recommendation from someone on campus that you're working with. We have over 200 students, so you're also building your capital but all um, working in this population, right? So you have other student workers that are also working with you. And so you're able to build the number of people that you know on campus. And, and as you work in a department, you're also getting to know about different resources on That's campus. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure when you say we have over 200 students, San Antonio College, we actually have 18,233 students Mm -hmm. overall, but about 200 and so of them, they are actually part of the work study, which are the jobs that we have on campus. Just want to make sure we were clear about that. Now, if students or anyone wants to get in touch with you and find out more about the student enrichment opportunities that they could have, they can give you a call at 210 486 0365. That is again 210-486-0365. Or you can reach them at smacal at alamo.edu. That is smacal, M-A-C-A-L at alamo.edu. That is how you can reach out to Ms. Macal Polashek, correct? Yes, that is correct. Awesome. We're so excited that you were able to come here and uh, share with us ways in which our students can continue to grow, not just in the classroom, but also outside the classroom by having job opportunities and internships both on and off our campus. Thank you once again for coming. We're so super happy and we're hopeful that you'll be able to come back and meet us again at some other time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is Front and Center, recorded at the KSYM Studios on the San Antonio College campus. Front and Center is available on Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and airs Monday mornings at 8.30 on KSYM 90.1 FM in San Antonio. More information on Front and Center is online at ksym.org.